2020, God exposed America with a bunch of viral particles, a plague. God flicked and we buckled. Our political leaders shut down their states in fear. Our pastors abdicated the church as non-essential. And we have been scattered by petty, tyrannical resolutions and edicts into our homes or hiding our shame with masks. Businesses have been shut down by arbitrary, non-essential labels. Strip clubs, pot shops, and abortion facilities remained open while churches were threatened, regulated, and fined. First Amendment rights were trampled on as we Christians were arrested by despotic, unprincipled local governments. Citizens were harassed by unelected health districts, and communities were threatened in their houses by cops. This sounds like a third world country, a bad dream, but it is not. It is the new America. This America is ruled by fear. This America is ruled by opportunistic politicians who don't give a damn about you. This America breeds a compliant citizenry that cares more about their strip clubs and DoorDash deliveries, that cares more about their safety and their comforts, than the truth that Jesus is King of Kings and that our freedoms are protected by the Constitution. This America is worse than King George III's America. It's time to take a stand, but to stand requires courage and courage requires repentance. What we need is reformation and revival in our churches, in our families, in our communities, in our businesses, and in our government. Every square inch needs the blood of Jesus. We need to cease this moment where all our sins, fears, and failures have been exposed by God through this plague and gather to sing psalms, to feast, and to get strengthened, to be encouraged, and equipped to lead America back to Jesus, who is King of Kings and Lord of Lords. Governor after governor instituted some sort of shutdown, ignoring your constitutional rights. There was one governor, one state, that did not buckle and join the crowd of governors driven by fear. Governor Christine Nome has stood strong through this pandemic. And so we are bringing our first annual Fight, Laugh, Feast rally to Rapid City, South Dakota, April 29th through May 1st. Join us in the land of the free and the home of the brave as we learn to love God, sing songs, and defy tyrants. For governor of Michigan, would you vote for him? Uh, right now, based on uh, what at I this know, point, yeah, he, I don't know he's, he's coming on. Against. He's coming on. I think you might vote for him by the time this is over. Yeah, <laughs> Robert, <laughs> Robert Morton's with an emergency CEO message yeah. of Classical Conversations coming on to talk about the Pro Act bill. Yeah, we need that's to know super about important. That. You guys got to know about that in the third segment. That's gonna wreck everything. Yeah, Pastor Toby. Chuck Knox, I'm the water boy. It's good to be with you on this Sunday special. Also, if you wait around to the second and third segments, you can hear Knox beatboxing. Ooh, yeah. that yeah. that's something I should have I should have. I would I would do it right now, but I want to save it for everybody. Yeah, so you got, I mean, you got, you got, that you got, is that news. Later. I'm just yeah. telling you, that is news. It's it the is. old school it beatboxing is. too. It's not the new. Hey, style. no, we no, no. You want to be at the rally, and we know you probably can't go. There's probably like a deep. Probably, there's a deep pit in your stomach that you're feeling right now. Yeah. That's called not going to the rally remorse. Yes, <laughs> yes. You can confess that. <laughs> but we we have a way for you though to buy the indulgence. It'll get you out of that purgatory. Hey, we ain't Catholic, man. Are you Catholic? (laughs) (laughs) Let me put it in non-Catholic language. Join the club. Never mind. Join the club. All right. (laughs) My my Presbyterian. I was just. I was just. Get this papist out of here. (laughs) Wow. Join the club. Anybody uh, bronze and above, you actually will live stream all our uh, content. Actually, excuse me, all the speakers at the conference through our club portal. So you actually be able to get a live showing. 
of the speakers, and, even though and, you can't. And plus, all the all the show, all the talks will be archived. They yeah. will. So if you don't catch yeah. them live, you can catch them Monday morning, Tuesday. And, and, and this conference, is, I think, is really important because we're we got Sheriff Wheeler going to be talking about the what counties can be doing practically yeah. in this day and time. What can your county do to push yeah. back against tyranny? Mm-hmm. Uh huh. Uh huh. Yeah. It's and, it's amazing right now. Just meeting itself is saying something. Right. Right. right? O- opening your opening business. up your business is making just a massive. Not put it on a face mask at church. You yeah, know. Yeah, yeah. Right. I mean, yeah, What's wrong with you? The, the, the bar's low. Don't put a mask on anywhere. Yeah. What are you talking about? Did you just see the article where they said, hey, guys, we, we've, we've studied it. It's probably not a good idea to be wearing masks outside. Yeah. And I just wrote, I just shared the same thing and said, we this stupid. Yeah. That right. we was wearing. Yeah. Yeah. I see it so much. Yeah. And I want to run up to that dude and just, just snatch the mask Ooh. off his face outside. Yeah. You know, Stanford University just released another peer-reviewed um, study that demonstrates that masks don't work and they probably yeah. make more people sick. Uh, yeah. and we know, knew that though. That was all over CNN, right? But we knew. No, no, <laughs> no, no. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They, you know, you know, Doctor J, but but Charya, our Presbyterian sorry, brother, Doctor J. When I released my uh, federal lawsuit, he's like, "Man, I'll I'll come up and be an expert witness in your in your lawsuit, bro." That's uh, right. Be, that, because yeah, Doctor J from Stanford, man, he's, yeah. our, he's our boy. You got to say why though, because where were you arrested at? I was outside singing songs, City not Hall. wearing a mask. Right. And he's like, I'll be an expert witness that like COVID's not spreading in these environments. Right. Yeah, it's, it's, it's almost entirely impossible wow. to catch it outside. Wow. The, the transmission really is nice hardly none. Man, I appreciate that. Yeah. I got expert witnesses. What in are my you friend. playing what with? Are you I got doing? We're trying so, to do a show. So my my buddy, uh, our buddy Ben Greenfield, sent us like all this like bag full of goods of like. Like that that's de- that's decaf. He gave us regular coffee too. Oh, yeah, that's what this is. is. Um, I got one too. And yeah, oh, he gave us all ones, energy oh. bars. So he owns the, this uh, you know company called Keon. I think you can go wow. to you can go to the uh, the website. I got one too. Keon, Keon. Got my name on it. Too. You, know you put our names on it. Did he did. He did. Wow, chocolate Knox. And so. Uh, getkeon.com is his website brand. He he he. Um, there there's all these supplements. Oh. Um, this is ridiculous. And, and everything that he put in here for us is a real gift, real thoughtful. My wife saw it and she's like, oh, "That's a lot of money." He skin just, serum, he just, man. I got skin serum, guys. Uh-oh. Uh oh. you need that. I'm about uh, to be brother, glowing. Yep. Oh my goodness. I look here? like I came down the mountain. So uh, you know, you guys looking for some supplements? Oh my. You know, I'm, I'm trying these. Uh, energy he's bars. got energy bars. Oh, let me try yours. They're highly chocolatey and nutty and honey. Uh, I mean, and coconut. I love coconut. Uh, me a chocolate. I think you got enough hey. energy, Gabe. I would just not. Hey, I don't think you need another take one. one of my bars. Uh-huh. I want one later. Then <laughs> it's okay. We'll see. I can't, believe, I can't believe you're doing that. Hey, this show is brought to you by Classical Conversations. Classical Conversations supports homeschooling parents by cultivating the love of learning through a Christian worldview in fellowship with other families who want to do the same thing. They provide a classical, Christ-centered curriculum. Mm-hmm. Local, mm. like-minded communities across the United States and in several countries across the world. Training parents who are striving to get to be great classical educators in their own homes. Mm-hmm. For more information and get connected, please visit their website at classicalconversations.com. Classical Christian, get connected, get community. You know what? And get your kids out of public school. And yes. they day ones. They day ones. They've been down with us since day yeah. one. Oh, yeah. yeah. So classical right. Conversations has been supporting us for a, for a minute. Even yeah. before we are, think, I think we are worth it to advertise on our show. <laughs> Have we ever been, though? Let's be honest. Yeah, Have we, we are. Yeah, people. <laughs> yeah. Gabe's like, yeah. No, we are. We are. No, we like our daily news brief. In fact, if you guys want to advertise with our shows, it's a great way to support us. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, our daily news brief is a great place to spot. Of course, on our on our Sunday special um, is a great place Midway to advertise fix. with us. Um, but uh, our daily news briefs, we've been getting a lot of traction there. 
uh, for ads and everything. And they, they, our people have been getting a lot we're of responses on that. We are only yeah, worth we, it because we track them. We, great. Yeah, yeah, we are great. only worth it because of the people who listen to us. Yeah, because you, you guys it. are also checking out who They're we advertise. And we, don't, we don't just advertise anybody and everybody. We want to advertise stuff that, that we, we think we is helpful. We believe in. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that actually, we think is helpful to we you. We actually believe in. All right, take that bag off the table there, Toby. Mm. It's bothering me. It's on top of your Bible, too. Yeah, that's what's bothering me. I know, I know. It's very clean. I'm getting a lot of mixed signals today. I don't know what I'm supposed to do. Like, <laughs> put the bag up. Put the bag down. I don't know. He's got a knife out. Be careful. All right, so you guys you guys know this This past week, you know, we had the Chauvin trial, not guilty verdict. Um, that, no, he, that kind of... He is guilty. I mean, excuse me, the guilty verdict. <laughs> you trying to start um, a riot? Yeah. <laughs> Apparently, um, the no guilty, word, no the word. guilty He's verdict, guilty, 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 and, guilty, and the the sacrificial lamb he became for racism in, in right. the United States he died for us. What, who said that? Nancy Pelosi, Nancy Pelosi, yep. Floyd, yep, George Floyd yeah. died for us. Yeah. We thank you, George Floyd, for dying and, for us. And then, like, um, I mean, God's saying something. He's trying to send us a message. He's trying to send us our judicial <laughs> not, system a message. He's not trying. He's trying. He is. Yeah. Well, he's. It's loud. It's loud. It's pretty loud. <laughs> our, I believe. I believe God's no, sending our, our our cops a message um, and everything. But uh, uh, was it day after yeah. the guilty verdict? Maybe no, two it wasn't days? a day. It was, like, it was, like, it was, it was hours. hours. Hours after Within, yeah. uh, this uh, this white officer in Ohio shot and killed this uh, basically black juvenile um, and. What was crazy was, right, it was a listen girl, to this. It's a girl with a knife. Girl, let me get there. What was crazy was, like the ABC report on this, they had this video, audio, uh, video little uh, clip on it. It was like three minutes going yeah. over it, four minutes. And, and they didn't show her with the knife. They didn't um, uh, uh, talk about any of the details that actually mattered in the situation. Yeah. They played the mom's response in all this. Right. And, um, and it was, and then like, I think CNN. CNN's article or one of the major media outlets articles you read through the whole article on it and you get to the bottom and it says and she was armed with a knife that's right. burying yeah. the lead like, like burying the lead yeah, trying to kill another girl yeah, yeah. exactly like, like swinging a knife like she did it with one girl and since then she, we brought she, race into it she's trying to kill another black girl right yeah no, and right, so right. this white officer right um, pulls up to the you scene know, right in the middle of this interaction yeah. sees this uh, black girl going to stab another black girl who fell on the ground and then once she, and then she goes, breaks from that girl and goes right after another black girl and looks like she's about to stab her in the neck area. And the white officer shoots right. the, the perpetrator. You know, what, um, what we need for this, you know, every time they do this, mm-hmm. I want you to grab for us. Um, you need to get a, just a small clip, like maybe a few seconds of that. Remember that CNN reporter standing behind flames and saying <laughs> yeah. that the protests are mostly peaceful? Yeah, yeah. yeah. And there's like flames, flames going behind, everywhere. Behind yeah, yeah, I don't take orders from white people. So if you want to um, have a black like person to, tell I'll, me to grab something, <laughs> maybe I will do it. What about Neil? He's, but, he's, yeah, you know. I'll take it from Neil. He's colored. <laughs> He's colored. He's at least got some brown, some yeah. melanin in his so, skin. So this happens. God. This happens. And all the leads, all the leads in the major yeah. media outlets yeah. don't even uh, give some important details to the situation. Yeah. Right. All you hear is white officer right. shoots black teenage girl. Right. Yeah. Right. That's the major lead. And then, and, uh, and what's crazy about all this is then LeBron James picks up this this story and he tweets out this he has a picture of the white officer and he says you're next hashtag accountability right oh yeah so a white guy saves a black girl's life and he wants to go after him yeah yeah that's that's what happened right a white guy saved a black girl's life right since we're talking about accountability right um is he going to get charged for anything if people happen to show up to this white officer's house and tear down 
his tear up his yard. If he's, tear up his if he's inciting violence, I'm just yeah. wondering. He took a, that and just posted it. And he's, I just want to say, by the way, has this man had a trial yet? No. Or is he still presumed innocent about all? This? Let's just say. Yeah, I'm just yeah. wondering what is LeBron James? Well, you know, he, no, is, no, you're. With the wokeism that's out there, you're presumed guilty until proven innocent. This dude yeah, right. should know better. Yeah. Out of how many times black people in America really have been guilty before innocent, yeah. mm-hmm. and he's sitting up here. Right. That is the most corrupt right. form of justice. After you mm-hmm. have experienced, remember the the um the guy that was forgiven much. Yeah. In the Bible, and then yeah. he goes and and holds his own right. slave yeah. more, right. and yeah. and the guy over yeah. say, "How could you do that when right. I've forgiven you more?" And you're right. holding. We've had to go through so much in America. We should know better than we yep. want a justice system that is fair and just and treats everybody equally. For him is, to do is, this, is that how he wants to be treated? Is that how he wants is that to be how treated? He wants his son to be treated. This is ridiculous. Right, it's yeah. absolutely I mean, ridiculous. Don't worry, guys. Don't worry. OJ Simpson, though, he came out and and he bashed LeBron James. For Did that. he really? Yeah. No, seriously. This is in the New York Post. NewYorkPost.com. He, he's gone from jailbird to law and order crusader. Okay. <laughs> says the, this is what the article Are says. You, that, that's, not, that's not real. The that's police fake. guy had no choice. He had no choice. He's, he's defending. The police guy. <laughs> OJ. We, we, we wish he could have pulled a taser, but in that incident, if he didn't do what he did, another young American would have had her life taken. Yeah. Yeah, just saying. Um, <laughs> you know, remember that thing I talk about? I'm going to bring it up again because my kids, every time I watch the news, they bring it, poopy, it up. Poopy. Poopy water. Simpson poopy told water. James he should pick his battles and be more patient when criticizing cops. Oh, my goodness. sometimes incidents that seem outrageous could turn out to be justified. <laughs> the gloves didn't fit. You know, America! What's wrong with you people? <laughs> this is uh, this is like Balaam's ass. <laughs> Bars. Tell, tell Bars. Them, tell them the truth. You're like, oh. That's right. Okay. Interesting. Interesting. There's more, more truth coming out of them. Uh, uh, you know, out, out of OJ. Out, out of OJ. But, but that's the poopy water thing, though. Know, right. Everybody knows there's a problem. Everybody right. sees it. And all we do is clean it up with the same mess or another version of the mess right. than making things worse. Well, like like Governor DeSantis, for example. Ugh. I mean, he's like probably the leading contender for GOP nominee for president. Yeah. I'm yeah. guessing. Oh, yeah. 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 And, and, and Christine Nome gets her act together, maybe. I don't know, I mean, and to his credit, I mean, I'm grateful that he's not been just bowing down to all the COVID gods. Yeah. Um, but guys, did you catch this? So is, he has this riot this, bill. He signed this riot bill anti riot bill in the law no it's a riot if bill you are rioting and you get arrested you go to the jail and you stay in jail until you have your first appearance and then obviously the judge can determine whether you get a bond or not uh, but we're not going to just have someone go into the police station take a mugshot, and then go right back on the street to reoffend again we also have a provision which i think you'll appreciate because some of these local governments in no. these deep blue areas they just told the police to stand back they let some of this happen in our bill, if a local government does that and they breach their duty to protect the public, then if you are damaged, you can sue the local government for damage to yourself or to your property. Mm. So anti-riot bill. This, so first off, you asked me this earlier, Knox, when we were yeah. talking about this. Isn't that already like well, that's on what, the books? Well, that's I so, mean, if somebody's rioting and damages your property, uh, well, can't. Uh, you know, I mean, and the police don't step in and protect your property. Can't you sue them? But this is the problem, though. If someone does something that's not loving their neighbor, we already have laws that, in in this case, that stop that. So they can't already break your window. They can't already come right. and steal from you. They can't already run in and grab all your stuff. And if you call the cops and they come out and they're like, nah, we're just going to let them burn your house. Right. You can sue the you cops. You can already sue the cops, right? So what is it that they're after with the riot bill? 
And 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 I can't figure it out. This kind of reminds me of the law in Minnesota a little bit with uh, the second degree and third degree. Yes. Really, the biggest thing that changes is the level of judgment that they can offer against somebody. Yeah. So when you look at those bills, if you're at third degree, it's only 10 years, 25 years. Mm. Max, but if you look at second degree, it's forty years and a higher financial penalty. Right, and so especially if, yeah, and in, in the, in the one with the second degree is particularly what we were talking about with uh, the Chauvin case. Yeah, yeah, which is that if you're committing a felony, right, then that's what kicks it up. Subdivision you're, two. You're already you're already committing a felony, and you know my 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 fear is somebody can do the research for me on this, but I'm afraid that a Republican wrote that into law. Well, the Minnesota, yeah. oh, uh, secondary this, and third degree, rep- yeah, you and, might be right. And, and these Repu- so these conservative Republicans, in the name of law and order, yeah. Okay, and this is we are getting this from the modern Christian church. Yeah, we are. Okay, yeah. Th- this and and the reason is is because what is driving this is it's like this is bad, and then you're just making it up as you go along. That's right. So yeah. so you got. You got LeBron lefty woke, yeah. and you got Republican broke. That's right, right? You got, I right. Mean, you got, you, you got Republicans like, like that's bad, and then they're like, I know we should make it real bad, yeah, real, real bad. And, you know, you know then, why they're doing that? Though? And then they just make stuff up. They're doing that because they aren't enforcing the laws already. And so they have to make yep. more laws right. to, to say, okay, because yep. here's the deal. There is a difference to a society when all of a sudden they actually are enforcing certain right. laws. Right. A society that actually sees the death penalty taken right. and put publicly. Taken seriously. And taken seriously and, yeah. permeates the culture. Exactly. And, and it's I would called say, trickle down. <laughs> trickle down politics. <laughs> yeah. This is a trickle down economy. This That's will right. change your life. No, but seriously, the most fundamental one yep. is sanctity for human life. That's right. And that means, like, it just goes back to, you know, every. Every Bible-believing Christian, I'm, yeah. I'm going to say this because I, I know it's not true, but it should be the case. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. It goes all the way back to Genesis 9. It goes all the way back to That's the right. Noahic Covenant. That's so this right. applies to every nation. Don't, don't bring me some you know, anti-theonomy business in here. No, no. no every, if, you, if you take a person's life, yeah. then your life is forfeit. That's you know, right. right. And as soon as you abandon the, the death penalty for murder yeah. um, as the norm, this is this is what we do. Mm-hmm, you mm-hmm, took a life, mm-hmm. your life is forfeit. Yep. Then what your what trickles down is you're saying there's a chance. Yeah. Right. Exactly. You're, you're saying we don't have to obey God. You're saying there's yep. wiggle room. That's Minnesota law. And you know, there was a SCOTUS decision. I covered this on the Friday news brief, um, which you can get at the Fight Laugh Feast app, um, where there was uh, on Thursday um, a um, uh, an appeal was uh, there was a ruling by um, Supreme Court of the United States um, against a a minor who murdered his grandfather mm-hmm. in Mississippi. Mm. And Mississippi law originally said that life without parole was mandatory. Just, wow. Just mandatory. And the, the the nature of the appeal had nothing to do with the merits of the case. So nowhere along the line was it being appealed that he did or didn't kill his grandpa. Everybody yep. agreed that was what happened. Yeah. The question was, what should the sentencing be? Uh-huh. And the Supreme Court um, passed an, had another ruling after his conviction of life without parole, in which it ruled that states have to allow judges um, discretion. They can give that life without parole, but they also have to have discretion to not give life without parole for minors. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So it went back to the to the judge um, in the in the Mississippi state trial. He looked at it and said, no, life without parole. And then it went back to the Supreme Court and the Supreme Court said, that's fine. He, he uh-huh. used his discretion and he yeah. did it. And anyways, but why are we talking about life without parole? Yeah. Republicans wrote that. Mm. Yeah, it's Mississippi. That's right. That's right. Yeah, and you're disobeying God. Right. He murdered his grandpa. Yeah. Okay? Do yeah. justice. You That's don't right. love justice if That's you right. are not insisting on obeying God 
and he needs to receive have, the death penalty. And, and so as it relates, though, to the stealing that's going on with the rioting and yeah, stuff like I that, know. one of the things that we forget about is what's supposed to happen to thieves. Yeah. They're supposed to pay it back, and they have a certain amount of Restitution. Fold they're supposed to pay back. And so, Not jail time. That's right. And, and here's, here's really interesting. So, so what happens, though, if they don't have the ability to pay it back? Everybody, so what, what happens? I'm going to tell you. Oh, yes, sir. Slavery. Okay. Debt slavery. And, and you know, and you know why? And here's what's interesting. Everybody gets so work, work up in arms off. with that. They work get so off. mad about that because it's like we already had slavery didn't work. Here's the thing: we still have slavery. It's called the Thirteenth Amendment. People. If you look at the Thirteenth Amendment, it didn't abolish slavery. It regulated it. it federalized it. It, it, federal, it federalized. The federal it. government didn't like the states regulating slavery. And, they wanted it. And it, it they wanted to be the master. And That's you know right. who gets this more than anybody else? Liberals. They there's a, a documentary called the Thirteenth. It yeah. is a fascinating. I still documentary. gotta watch that. You gotta watch you it. You gotta read that hideous strength. I, I gotta watch the thirteen. Okay, I'm 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 working through it. Uh, but the inside of so listen, you can't. There's some things that are inescapable. Right. The Bible already talks Slavery about slavery is inescapable. It's inescapable, and it works really, really well as far as if you follow God's standard. They're already regulating it, and they're doing it poorly, which is why we have a prison with 2.3 million people inside the system. The Bible says that you can have slavery to work off debts, right? In order to be to put things right. That's right. And it, and, it allows and, the time and, period in which you can, so you don't have to be there for six months. It's until the restitution right. is fulfilled. You, you can work overtime and get it done and in get three. It in three. Or two weeks. Right. But, but, in, but our federal system says you can have slavery and then you can be caged like an animal for the rest of your life and all the taxpayers in your state are going to pay for you to sit yeah, in a cage doing right. nothing that's for the rest right. of your life. That's absolutely okay? right. That's inhumane. It's wicked. And you're not actually putting anything right. Mm. And Republicans... Okay, you've been discipled by Christians who don't know what they're talking about. That's right. I'm sorry. That's right. I'm sorry. Come on, preach, preach on us. Preach. But the Bible is full of God's good word to us. Okay, it's full of light. Okay, we got to obey it. If you if you're gonna look. If you're going to replace this system with something, because right now we're at that yeah. process, we're about to merge a new system. Reform is coming, whether it's you coming. like it out. Right. If you're not using God's standard, you're going to be right back in the exact situation. You yeah. are just autonomous as the people and right you now. You want to be broke, LeBron, yeah. or broke Republicans? Right. And then you're just oh. and you're just handing the next yeah. guy, you know, basically a sledgehammer to hit you with. Yeah. Because right? when yeah. you don't do it God's way, it's going to come back and yeah, kick you in the face. More cross politics coming up next. Oh. You don't want to miss Austin. Austin. I knew you guys were going to hit that. (laughs) (laughs) And the third segment, I'm beatboxing. And not beatboxing. (laughs) When a medical need arises, hundreds of thousands of Christians across the nation care for one another by sharing financially for those medical needs. Samaritan members pray and reflect God's love and care by providing for one another. While times continue to change, God's love doesn't. He cares for us as we are called to care for one another. I'm just waiting for you to find something else. All these years, it's still he on. Hey, you give me some new music. He's, he's still oh, from oh, okay. he's still okay. from Texas. Okay. That's right. That's, that's, that's all he knows is he on. <laughs> you see him with his cowboy boots up on yeah, the table. On the table. We walk in here this morning People with his eat cowboy boots on this table. This I, w- I was sacred. I was working. Sacred. Fight, Laugh, Feast table. Hey, welcome back to Cross Politics. Thanks for joining us. We are very grateful to have with us today Austin Cheng. 
or change or whatever. Change. We don't want. We want change. He'll do whatever. <laughs> He's a graduate of the School of Law at the University of Birmingham, England. He Ooh. raised over two hundred grand funding his first startup, Holla. 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 Holla at me. Holla dot com. I love that. Now sold in England. Soon expanded to San Jose, California. He created waving. He invented waving in social network environment. You know the wave? You know the, oh, you do, are you, you serious? Oh, I hate awesome. this guy. That's what <laughs> I, that's what I, I hate him right from the start. Oh. How many people, like, you, you friend them and they just start the waving? Wave. <laughs> oh, this is going to no, be a horrible no, I, interview. I don't know you. I don't know you. And they're just still waving. In 2016, his off-road vehicle design, termed Wazobia Tricycle, aimed at improving the lives of peasant farmers, made history in the West African region, uh, n- nation of Nigeria, wow. as the first designed, engineered, and manufactured by a person of Nigerian descent. Since 2018, he served as a specialist in the U.S. Army, where he's been decorated with an Army Achievement Medal as Distinguished Honor Graduate with a, a CGPA of 99.8%. That sounds really good. For exceptional performance while on active duty. And as of March 2020, oh, that's a good time, um, Austin became the first Republican candidate for governor of Michigan for the 2022 election. Austin, thanks for joining us on Cross Politic. Oh, thank you. Thank you for having me. So um, you're running for governor of Michigan. Yeah. And the, my, my first question, I guess, is sort of, are you crazy? Well, <laughs> you know, someone could have asked David that same question. Why are you going after Goliath? Right. It sounds completely crazy. Yeah. But I think it's times like this that God always finds a person and fills that person with the spirit so that they can go out there and do something that is so outlandish and so out there that nobody else would think it's even possible for it to be done. Mm. He talking about filled the spirit. You brought, it, you brought it. King David. Okay, you so give, give him some like, organ. This is what we about to do. Okay, okay. okay you might, see where this, this is going? He, he, you bring up the spirit, I might forgive you for the wave. That's that. that <laughs> you know, okay. There's you know, forgiveness in this room. There, there might be a little. Yeah. We'll see. We'll see. We'll see. So, Austin, can, when was the last time that, uh, that there was actually a Republican governor of the state? Um. So, Governor Snyder was a Republican governor before we had Whitman. Okay, so not that uh, long. Yeah. yeah, so not that long. But the issue we're facing here is not about a Republican governor mm-hmm. or a Democrat governor. We want a governor that thinks about the people of Michigan. Mm. The governor that is going to sit back and remember that little farmer in a small village somewhere and also think about that small business owner that is so happy about inheriting his small business from his father, like his father before him, and so on. The governor that's going to think about all of those people, mm. you know, the veterans who come back after serving their country for 30, 40 years, giving it all only to be told that the Constitution and the people can just simply be ignored by the next politician. Mm. We so, want a governor who thinks about those people when they go into office. So, Austin, um, my friend, my friend Steve Dace did a show this past week, um, just kind of ripping into the um, Republicans in Michigan, the Republican Party in Michigan, as weak, as inept, as in just incompetent, as a party, no leadership, like, no yeah. leadership in the Republican Party in Michigan. Like, where's his criticism coming from? I'm, I'm not familiar, that familiar with uh, Republican politics in Michigan. But I, I trust my friend in his criticism. Uh, you know what? What's going on with the Republican Party in Michigan? So basically, 
the people are not feeling the change that they need from either party at all. Mm-hmm. They're not getting the change. That's why I talked about the ordinary Michigan citizen is not feeling it. So what happens is you have people who come into office who say they're Republicans, but the ordinary American doesn't feel it. Still the same thing, the same way they feel when there's a Democrat governor in place, the ordinary person feels the same way. So that's exactly what happens. So I believe that's what he's referring to. So but that's what, been a norm here in Michigan now for a very long time. So if you're, if you, you know, you declared you were running for governor last March, at, like that's, you know, yeah. that's COVID. Right when COVID. That's COVID's birth. It's your fault. Co- <laughs> oh my goodness. It's, it's, so. like, it's, it's COVID's birthday. Um, so let's say you were governor March 2020. What would you have done with the onset of COVID-19? The first thing I would have done is not shut down anything. Mm, that's at true. all. You can give them the organ. That's the, give them that. <laughs> that's the first thing. In fact, the reason why I got into this was I was praying about this. And I saw the steps that the governor that we have now was taking. And I knew my spirit was telling me this is going to go wrong. And I kept on praying to God, help us do something about this. Someone needs to do something. And then God asked me to go into it because why do you keep coming here asking for someone to do something? What are you going to do about Mm. it? So I declared before we had the first shutdown here in Michigan. And I was very critical of the way the governor was going about it. And I declared before then. I was issuing all of the warnings. I sent the warnings to all of the Republican leadership, all of the the state leadership. I sent the warning out to them. They completely ignored it. And Mm. three days later, we had the shutdown. And we're here right now. Yeah. So so you don't shut anything down, but what do you do? Because you have people people putting pressure on you. People are going to be dying in the streets. We're going to have all kinds of things go wrong in our state, and we're, we're going to have our hospitals full. What, what do you do? How do now, you then respond? So, um, this, this disease can be handled in a way that doesn't infringe on the rights and the freedoms mm. of ordinary Americans. So, of course, you can have some restrictions in some places, like the people who are most vulnerable around the homes, but even then, leave it up to the people who run the homes. They've been handling it very effectively. When you come down so hard on them and say, you must do this, you must do this, that becomes a dictatorship. It's no longer yep. a free country. Mm-hmm. And that's what we're having to deal with right now. What What are other ways that, that are, people in Michigan are dealing with that you can see that? Because what 2020 did, it didn't just... Um, coronavirus wasn't really just the biggest problem. The biggest problem is we saw that people really didn't care about the laws that were in place. And we started seeing how people really think about freedom. So, but that's just revealed what's been going on for years. So what are other things that aren't really right now as obvious that you're saying, listen, guys, this has a trajectory. We need to fix these things in Michigan as well. So you're right. You know, eroding people's freedoms doesn't just happen one day it doesn't right. it takes time right it happens over time and this has been happening quietly in the background and what we saw from march last year up to now is just a manifestation so now people are more bold coming out ignoring all the laws the governor here was shut down by our supreme court 
for overreaching and mm. acting, you mm-hmm. know, uh, right. out of our own powers. That's right. But that's exactly what people do. But here, for instance, I'm talking about constitutional carry. It's a good example. Our right to bear arms. They keep chipping away at that. And I am asking that we bring that back. And when I first put this up as one of my policies, as early as last year, all of the policies that I've had have been there since last year. They said it was completely crazy. But you can see state after state bringing in constitutional carry. People haven't just completely taken to the street and killed themselves like they said it was going to be. Right, right. I saw I saw on your website. I thought this was kind of interesting. I think one of the things that pops up right away on your website is that uh, you vowed that if you get elected, you're going to cancel Black History Month. <laughs> yeah. Uh, whoa. Whoa. Uh, why are you whoa. so racist, Austin? <laughs> <laughs> so here is the reasoning behind this. If people can just take their emotions and sentiments out of it, let's think about this in a more rational way. Michigan is made up of so many different people. I believe there, wherever we come from, we have to, this is really, really important. We must come from many and unite as one. So all of the things that are dividing us are bringing in divisions. We have so many individual history months here in Michigan. (laughs) But if we were going to have an individual history month for all of the people, all of the different groups that make up Michigan, that's not going to be enough months in a year to fit all of the history <laughs> in. Right. So let us have an American History Month. In that history month, we can have all of these individual histories being taught in there, but it's impossible to just allocate a month to every other person because then it becomes unfair to other people because they're not getting a month and only a few people are getting uh, months to celebrate in a year. So in a sense, that is actually what is in a sense, more racist and more brings in more division and polarization because the other people who are left out, of course, they're going to be angered and offended by that. So let's just have an American history month. We are all Americans. We can all unite behind the idea of, a single American identity. Austin, you sound like uh, a reasonable guy and and (laughs) a a thinker. Um, You don't have a chance to get elected, bro. (laughs) Well, thanks. Well, that's... So, that's what happens. Like, you know, people think... People think that the ordinary person can't Mm -hmm. do what I'm doing right now. That's right. This is already a win. Now, people have to consider that it's not about you as a person. What I'm doing has nothing to do with me as a person. This is a voice for the ordinary Michigan citizen who cannot be heard, who would not be heard, you know, if I wasn't doing this. I'm bringing to the table the voices of the people that are forgotten in Michigan, like the people in the Upper Peninsula, the people in Northern Michigan and the rural areas who Nobody ever cares to go out there and speak for them. Mm. You know, if you think about how Jesus won his victory, he died. So in a way, you have to be prepared to lose in order to win. Mm. Wow. Mm, Okay, see, 
You've forgiven him for that way. He's about 75% forgiven so far for the way. You know, I, you know, it's interesting, Austin, as you're talking about this with the Black History Month, one of the things that I noticed, I've been really digging into black history a lot. And the, the most depressing thing I figured out was how little uh, that black history has been a part of American history. And it's and I can make arguments both ways why that's been the case. But if I if I just come on, kind of like give you a presentation, see if this is what you're saying with that. Are we are we talking about taking the history that has in the past been really kind of forgotten and not really brought along? Because as I look at black history, it parallels perfectly with America. Well, you can't help but parallel perfectly with American history that we need to know that these these moments in American history weren't just by themselves they were connected to other things that brought out um what we see the highlights of american history and so if you're talking about bringing these things together so we can have a more robust history of american history man i'm absolutely with you on that oh thank you now you see that's what i was talking about now when you look at uh, i i actually wasn't raised to refer to people by color so Forgive me if I struggle to do that. <laughs> but uh, basically, all of these individual groups that we have in this country, we can all this all of their history is American history. That's right. Now, if you turn around and you tell someone who comes from, let's say, a European background, and you say to them to learn only about the history of someone who say comes from an African background, then you're actually divide, bring it in division. That is an approach of divisiveness and it's not an approach that actually brings people together. But if you say this is an American history, in that history, all of these groups and their histories that is essentially American history is still being taught. Now, mm -hmm. another argument in the middle of that that people ignore is you can't have equal number of, you know, people represented in the history that is being taught. It's not possible because you have to look at the numbers. So you have to look at one group may have more people that have more achievement and more things. It's nothing against the other group. That's racist. You have, to be, you have to be proportionate. <laughs> yeah. It has to be proportionate. No, I agree with you the that. numbers. Yeah. That way, it's fair to everybody. Uh, based but, on here, but here's the thing. Uh, this is kind of my uh, patented question or my regular question I ask Republicans. If, uh, if Republicans don't have a vision or a solution, let's say a solution, yeah. Yeah. to deal with public education – then we don't have uh, the Republicans aren't serious about the future of the Republican Party, because yeah. all public education does is train up it's and disciples public, it's liberals. Government. It's government, gov government, government education. education. Yeah, gov all government education does is train up and disciple liberals to vote against the Republican Party. And this is why we're this is why Texas is having problems. Uh, this is why Michigan is in the middle of all these problems. Is because y you guys are funding a system that is proactively teaching kids to vote against you. What's your solution for government education? You're right. So for education, I talk about allowing parents to have the option to have their kids learn about God and the Bible in their schools. Now, there's no need that parents shouldn't have their option. And also to teach about our history, 
we have to talk about our history as Americans and what helped to build this country. Enough of all of this nonsense that they're teaching. It's actually in the spirit of that that I talked about canceling all of this individual history month because it's polarizing to a kid. They just want to learn about the greatness of this country, our founding fathers, and how we got here. If you talk about that and also give parents the opportunity to educate their kids the way the parents see fit, not just the way the government comes in with the propaganda and rams it down the throats of these little kids, yeah. and then who, like you said, when they grow up, they absolutely hate this country. Would you be willing to uh, uh, promote, um, a, a, I don't know, some kind of system? We've, we've asked representatives here in Idaho this question, but some way of allowing parents who, if they don't want their kids going to government schools, allow them to redirect um, you know, their property taxes or whatever to pay for. You know, I send my kids to a private Christian school, and, but basically that means I'm paying two tuitions. My property taxes go to pay for kids that go to government schools that I don't use, and or I'm pay- support, yeah. and I'm paying, and I don't <laughs> so like. But would you be would you be supportive of the, that kind of sort of structural uh, change that would actually yeah, exactly. allow parents so, that kind of freedom? I think what you're talking about is exactly what my policy is. So you're talking about a voucher system that is going to allow parents or small businesses that give like scholarships and allow parents the opportunity to take. Because if you look at it, each kid, you can calculate how much the state is going to spend right. on that one kid. So if you calculate that, you can actually allow the parent to use that and take their child to a different school. That is something that I will allow here in Michigan. And I hope to work with our legislature in order to implement this here in the state of Michigan. That is beneficial. I, I think the, the only thing I would say, that would be an improvement. Right. Um, right. But the only thing I, I would I think would be even better is I'd love to hear Republicans like yourself just say, look, if you can, if you demonstrate that you're providing a different education or whatever, or just your parents, and so you you have God God's blessing to provide education, if you don't want to send your money to the state at all, it's, you don't even need a voucher. You can just keep your money and you can spend it to educate your kids the way you want. I think that would be even better, but I'm glad to hear that. Yeah. Oh, thank you. <laughs> Here's, so right now, um, it's interesting. Um, South, South Dakota Governor um, Christine Nome had the bill, the trans bill that sent before her um, to uh, outlaw man playing in girl sports. And she didn't sign it. And she had all kinds of reasons for why she didn't sign it. And a lot of it was because NCAA would have breathing down her neck with lawsuits. If that bill came before you, what would you do? Um, so I've spoken about this, actually. The last time I spoke about it was in a, in, a, in, a, in a place called Jackson here in Michigan, where a parent had their child who had been training, a girl who has been training for so long and Hopefully she's going to get a scholarship. And now they're terrified and they're worried that it is possible that a trans person, uh, somebody who is, uh, you know, essentially a biological male is going to show up yeah. and then outrun her. Right. Now, I, have, I do not support that. Now, if a bill like that, I don't know the situation in South Dakota, but for me, if I have a bill like that on my desk, I will sign a bill that separates that. We don't want the biological males competing in what is essentially a girl's sport. Mm -hmm. And 
Uh, that's how I will live it. And the one thing that people here in Michigan have come to learn about me is that I stand by what I say. So even though I am new into the arena, people have seen that I'm somebody that when I say something, I don't back down from it and I stand on it. So all of the policies that I have, all of those policies are the things that I believe in. And what I'm telling you now is not going to change um, even when I am governor. And so where could people go to kind of read about your policies and understand more of what you're pushing as a, if you were to win as a governor? Uh, they can go to austinforgovernor.com. Austin for Governor. more about me. Austin for yeah. Governor .com. Austin, thank you so much. Austin for Chang. Um, I, I'm I'm you yeah. know what? I'd love to have you back on, man, and tell us how the whole thing is going. We, in the we, we, we gotta yeah. check, we gotta check in with you. We gotta check yeah, in with you. I'd love to. All right. Hey, thank you, Austin, for joining us on Cross Politics, brother. Oh, thank you. Hi, I'm Robert Borton, CEO of Classical Conversations. Our most precious commodity is time. No one has ever lied on their deathbed wishing they had spent more time making money. They all wish they had spent more time creating a legacy. Our modern education system steals that legacy, steals that time from our children. That's why I'm passionate about homeschooling. That's why at Classical Conversations we want to give you more time to create that legacy, follow your passions, and glorify God. Visit classicalconversations.com for more information. <laughs> Robert Borton. Is this the intro music? Yeah, I'm digging it. Uh, Robert Borton. Uh, 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 yeah, bring it down, bring it down, bring it down. Welcome back to Cross Politics. <laughs> You never know what you're going to get. No. Welcome back to the one and only Fight Left Feast Network. This segment is brought to you by Chocolate Knox. All right. There you go. Hey. Hey. Tell me that I didn't know what to do with this. Hey. Word to your mom. Oh, wow. Okay. I won't do that again. Nope. Hey. With us on the line right now, we got Robert Borton, CEO of Classical Conversations. He knows what to do with it. He grew up. He was like the Classical Conversations guinea pig. And class clown. I mean, you can tell because look at his hair. Oh, wow. Yeah. He also played rugby. Which is just, I think, really cool combination. CEO yeah. of, like, I don't know, you like the world's largest classical online school? Not online, well, in person. Yeah, yeah. Come on, Toby. Uh, well, I was just checking. But you can find us online at www.classicalconversations.com. He's always ready with them hot eight bars. And, and, and rugby players. So just hold those things together. We're so grateful to Classical Conversations. They're one of our corporate sponsors. Yes. Um, and and uh, have been since day one. Since day one. Since day Thank one. You, Jesus. Since Jump. Believed in y'all before Gabe's mother believed in him. <laughs> oh man! Bars. Drop that! Drop that commercial! He's hot man, that's a hot sixteen that's right there. That's all we're gonna do. Just that. Just that. Hey, um, Robert, um, we heard you have. There's this, the Pro Act bill just got passed by the House. Uh huh. Um, yeah. And this has massive repercussions potentially um, in your industry and in a number of uh, industries mm -hmm. uh, in, in our country. Can you explain to us what, what is this and why, are, why should Christians be concerned? Yeah, so uh, the PRO Act bill, um, which I think is S-420, um, which is kind of interesting, but uh, <laughs> it's, uh, they're labeling it a pro-union bill. Uh, what really this bill is, is anti-choice uh, for work. And so it 
Oh. It's modeled after AB5 in California, which effectively outlaws independent contractors by making it so that the test to be an independent contractor is so onerous that it can't be passed. Right. And so what this bill also does is allow um, unions to mine uh, private data to basically force businesses to turn over their uh, employees' data so unions can try to unionize them. Uh, it also uh, makes it so that if you are an independent contractor uh, and earning money that you won't be able to be hired out. So if you're like a piano teacher or a real estate agent or Uber, or you know you coach a high school team but don't work there and they pay you a small stipend as an independent contractor, right. like all of those things will be illegal. There's about 150 million people in the US that are typically working and 15 million of those earn an income through independent contracting. And another roughly 44 million people earn side hustle money uh, as an independent contractor. So uh, right now this law um, is being uh, debated kind of in the Senate um, and looking to be, bring it onto the floor. Senator Manchin in West Virginia um, just gave his support behind it. Oh. He's one of the uh, kind of center-left Democrats right. that uh, we need to keep pressure on to vote against it. But yeah. really what we need to be doing is just educating ourselves on it and then emailing and encouraging our senators to vote no against it. And the other thing we need to do is do the filibuster. So I just want to share a couple, five things really about this. Yes, yeah, please. Please. It puts an end to independent work and gig economy. Um, like I said, to say goodbye to your privacy because a um, they can force you to, as an employer, give your employees information over to the union. Then the employees, when they vote, if they vote no or vote yes, that's going to be public information. So they'll be able to put pressure on those who voted no not to join the union uh, to change your votes. It's going to make it harder for small businesses to compete. Um, like I know, Gabe, you work as an independent contractor occasionally yes. helping people out with marketing yep. because maybe a company can't afford a whole marketing department. So they'll go find uh, someone who works in the gig economy or someone who is an expert at it to right. help them out with that just aspect because they can't afford someone full time. Right. That'll be illegal. So that's going to drive up price. Wow. It's going to make it harder for small businesses to compete with big businesses. That's why a lot of big businesses you know, are fine with this measure because it kills small business. Yeah. Um, it's going to make everything more expensive because if you can't afford, can't afford the independent contractors, you're going to go under. So it decreases, you know, the free market. Right. As well as if you have independent contractors now and can afford to put them on full time on your staff or part time, well, now your costs are going to rise up. Yep. And so small businesses are going to have to pass that on to the consumers and then, of course, it's going to decrease work opportunity. So, you know, if you and your wife want to go out for a nice dinner and have a babysitter come over and watch your kids, well, that's going to be illegal. You should hire that person on as a full as an employee, because right now they're classified as independent contractors. So it's going to outlaw babysitting uh, as well, this bill. So there's 17 million un Americans that are unemployed right now. So there's a couple of things that you can do in general. Um, one is we've set up a website. I think uh, Gabe's going to share it, but it's yep. info.classicalconversations.com slash proactbill. It has a lot of resources there for you that explains these ideas more in depth. 
as well as letters that you can send to your senator, mm-hmm. um, as well as different petitions you can sign that different groups have put together. Uh, you can also go to uh, noproact.com. That's noproact.com. That's one of the petitions. Um, for all of us as Christians who really should be involved in the governing of our country because that's an opportunity we get currently here in the United States. Right. Um, we have a couple things that we need to be doing and really is getting out and, of course, getting great candidates for the next election. But we really need to encourage our senators to keep the filibuster really the filibuster which requires basically 60 votes in the senate to get major legislation passed right. is what's going to keep our country um our country uh for a few more years <laughs> right and so really the states that we're looking at you need to be contacting the senators in arizona in west virginia montana and georgia so these are states uh red or purple states with blue senators in them and you need to one let those states particularly know to vote no on the PRO Act. But you're, even if you're in a red state with a red senator, you know, you need to let them know as well because a lot of those aren't conservative and don't know the dangers of this bill. Mm-hmm. Um, and then you just need to be encouraging this, those senators from those four states that I mentioned um, to keep the filibuster. So being nice, say thank you for keeping the filibuster and sending them emails. But there's, it's really easy to find your contact information for these individuals. Um, and even if you don't live in those states, if you live in another state, you're still allowed to contact those senators and just say thank you for supporting the filibuster. So for most of this terrible legislation that we have seen being passed, um, the filibuster is what can keep our country uh same for the next two to four years. Robert, <laughs> two to four. It, so okay, it, well, that's where we're at. <laughs> that's where we're at. It's that's the timeline. That's the timeline. So, Robert, um, it passed the House. What are the odds of this PRO Act bill passing the Senate? Next to zero if the filibuster stays. Mm, yeah. Now, what is now the chances of the filibuster staying is pretty high, we think, for this act. Um, but what they'll probably try to do is take portions of this act and stick it into future bills. Uh-huh. Um, it's kind of hard to tell. Um, they've obviously got go big or go home has been the Democrats plan uh, in the house. It's the four, the, you know, our forefathers set up the house to kind of get everything through. So whoever has 51% of the vote or 50.1% of the vote can pass stuff uh-huh. in the Senate. You got to get 60% or 60 of the um, 60 senators yeah. to yeah. pass uh most anything. And so right now it's tied 50-50. There are some things that you only need 50 plus one. You got the vice president to tie, right. yeah. break any ties. Yeah. Um, so we, it's really important that even if you don't live in these states where there are these what you maybe consider blue dog senators, yeah. um, that even then, you know, even contacting them and just encouraging them to stick up for the filibuster because right now uh, there's a lot of pressure on all of them to uh, – just take away the filibuster so that the, they can pass whatever they want to. Because how, I think how could they take away the filibuster right now? Don't they need the sixty votes to take away the filibuster? I don't know that much about how that works, um, but it seems like the Democrats have a plan to get rid of it without it. So I think because <laughs> they're the majority party, I guess maybe they can vote with the fifty plus the tie. They're not very good at following rules, anyways. Yeah, I was going to say. Um, yeah, what, yeah. Um, Robert? I mean, do you have any idea? Like, part of me just wants to know, like. Why? Like, why? Why are they pushing the for this? Same thing. I mean, other than wanting to be as as uh, you know economically depressed as California. Yeah, who wants this I mean, and why? I mean, I mean why? Yeah, why? Why is there such a 
drive for this? What's at least what's the rhetorical talking points? I mean, what, why why are they so enthusiastic? Well, they call it a pro union bill, so that I mean, the talking points is it's pro worker, and uh, how? That, <laughs> <laughs> well, they don't want it's pro making workers work through unions, uh, right? Um, right. So it's, obviously, the unions are backing it up because they can. And the dirtiest thing about this bill, other than all of those things, is the union can it changes the rules so unions could represent who they want to in the business. So think of like of a car manufacturing company. Let's just say there's no coercion, nothing's going on, and that plant decides to unionize. You know, okay. great for them. You know, okay. to God be the glory. Well, the union could say, Well, you know, you guys who put on seat covers, we don't really want to represent you. But we voted for it to be part of this union. Well, the PRO Act bill actually lets us decide who we want to represent and who we don't want to represent. Huh. Wow. So it's not. It's, so think about that. Like you can, it actually makes it so that you can't unionize if you want to, if the union doesn't want to represent you. This right. is like a 2020 nightmare. Wow. Wow. So I was just thinking about this. As you saw this bill and you see it laid out in front of you, you're you're making the calculation just from jump from looking at this bill on paper. When you saw this, how did you start imagining how classical conversations would have to look if this bill actually passed? Yeah, I mean, you know, we're always proactive and for better or worse, we have uh, had some experience in California. Unfortunately, in California, yeah. we had to raise prices right. about 25 to 30 percent. You know, we weren't able to offer any additional benefits to our um, mm. consumers there because all of that went to doing paperwork, uh, paying additional taxes, um, you know, buying additional insurance, uh, just following the crazy California labor laws, um, you know. So unfortunately, it all pretty much goes into uh, administrative and compliance expenses when you have these onerous laws and a lot of small businesses aren't going to be able to afford to do that. So for us, you know, we've learned from California. Got it. Um, there's probably some things that we can do a little bit better uh, differently if it goes nationwide to protect our users um, and those who we support. So we've got a plan in place if this does pass. Um, but that's brutal. But it's uh, yeah, it's going to not it's going to definitely rise, raise prices. But I'm not saying that for our consumers. It's going to anyone. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Any Everyone. business, the prices are going to raise. And so the um, cost to buy goods and services from anyone well, going to increase, except for maybe like Walmart. You I, know, well, that's the thing. Like, go ahead. That's Pastor. why big business wins. On yeah. Well, I was, I was thinking. I, I know there was a lot of kerfluffle in in uh, in California, particularly from Uber and, yep. and and some, you know, some of the like the you know taxi alternative um, right services, Lyft and those guys. Yeah, Lyft. I mean, and they were you know kind of taken into court, and there was a whole bunch of fighting going on. I don't know if I caught like the end of that story. Sure. But, so the end of that story was. Uber was able to use their influence to get a bill um, on the ballot. I, I don't know if it's a bill on the ballot so yeah. that the voters in California could vote it off. So the voters in California this past year right. voted to I remember that uh, let Uber and those services opt out of the bill. So basically, <sighs> all this, the bill was targeted at those services but now all the medium and small businesses are still affected by it because they don't have the you know power to get a uh, so you know, so Uber spends twenty. Yeah. But all the Democrats in California voted to 
not have that law apply to Uber and Lyft. So okay. Uber spends 20s of millions of dollars to get this yes. on on the ballot for the citizens to vote on, and they uh, cut them out of the bill while it's, leaving all the mom and pop shops. It still applies is, to everybody else. This still applies to everybody yes. else. This is what happened in actually the state of Washington. Okay, Costco and all these big box stores in the state of Washington got a bill in 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 front of the people to wow. vote to allow them to this carry liquor. Oh, really? You may, so you may, I don't know if you guys yeah, remember this happening. I do, I do. Because and so now all these big box stores can sell liquor, but uh, the mom and pop shops are, um, uh, you know, are uh, I forget how it shook, shook down to the mom and pop shop yeah. thing. But they just they 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 spent all this money to carve them out, right? To give them access to liquor, and right. it really just that, that's kills things. That's um, that's wicked. Well, it really is. And this I mean, is this is like, what's partial. It, it, it absolutely is. It's like basically yep. the you if you have the the guy with the biggest checkbook, the guy with the most money, basically gets to like write his own legislate uh-huh. legislation. Right. Uh-huh. Exactly. Yeah. But, but what's new? But you get on the ballot. Here's the thing. <laughs> I know. Here's the thing is you get it on the ballot and the people vote for it. So right. it's actually the people voting for it. But right. part of me, well, because part yeah. of me, I, I think I'd still want to vote for it. I think. Because it's like, well, if I can get well, Uber no, and Lyft, I, I want to get everybody out of well, that bill. If Robert Borden you know? gets classical conversations on a ballot, I'll vote for that. Well, and <laughs> but, but Robert, this is why something you said earlier was so important. Right now, we're playing response game. Like, they've already got the legislation presented. Right. It's passed the House. It's going and debated in the Senate. And so we're having to get our people together to come in yeah. and say, let's not do this. Yeah. And if you and Robert said this right from the beginning. What we need to do is train up and disciple legislators and people who are in positions yeah. – so that we don't even have to fight this kind of legislation in the right. beginning. Where are all where are all the conservative Republican bills um, to outlaw the minimum wage? Right, right. This yeah. is just showing you how proactive Stop, we're not. Get out of our business. Yeah. Let That's us right. run free markets. I mean, we need to be taking we're taking the, the fight to them rather that's than right. constantly responding to their new that's a, that's crazy. Right. That's Robert, right. I'm giving you last words. Go, buddy. But yeah, just make sure you guys go sign the petitions. Uh, email your senator, even if they are going to vote and against it, which we hope that they will. Um, you know, just encourage them because they got plenty of people trying to pressure them the other way. And really, if everyone on this show just uh, signs a petition and emails their senator, and you know, we'll make sure that this bill doesn't get passed, and we can uh, continue to live in a free country. Look, so. we've said this before from our boy Joseph back home. Take you take ten t- minutes a year yeah. to get involved in politics. That's all you have to do. And and don't forget. That when you teach your children to love God with yeah. all their heart, mind, soul, and strength, what Knox is going to say in just a second, and when you're baptizing them, come on, what now. you're doing is you're training them to take the fight yeah. to them. That's right. right. But you've yeah. got to actually teach them what the Bible says about minimum wage. That's right. Yeah, yeah. yeah you actually right. have to have some standards to be able yeah. to do that. Robert, thank you so much for joining us. If you're single, get married. If you're married, have kids. And if you have kids, go baptize them. Until next week, love God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. Love your neighbor. As yourself, go fight, laugh, and feast. This is cross. You're not going to do that beatbox thing. (laughs) We out. (laughs) We did not design a cookie cutter curriculum meant to chop students into appropriately shaped submissives or snowflakes for the secular zeitgeist. We designed our curriculum the way we did because we want our graduates to be equipped to stand courageously against that destructive zeitgeist. And to honor their maker and how they, body, mind, and soul, battle to save their communities and the entire Western world from our current diseased insanity. New St. Andrews College is not in the business of rubber stamping graduates for this particular job market or that particular career. 
We aren't happy unless our graduates are equipped to tackle any constructive cultural task anywhere, from courtrooms to hospitals to job sites to movie sets to the highest risk job and the most important setting of all, the raising and training of the next generation of immortal souls around dining room tables and in pews. The world may have gone mad, but it's not the first time. It has been saved before and by particular people, many of whom shared a very particular type of education. Augustine, Calvin, Jefferson, Churchill, and many lesser-known heroes in times of madness all had one type of education, one type of training in common. And it's the same kind of rigorous education we currently pursue surrounded by the rolling wheat fields of Idaho. By God's grace, our civilization will be saved or rebuilt from the smoking ruins. The men and women capable of such a task, capable of fearless joy and fiery laughter, all while undertaking such hard cultural labor, those are the kind of graduates we want, the kind we expect. They are why we exist and why we teach what we teach. So you might call it a major in world building or culture shaping or a major in saving civilization. We call it classical Christian liberal arts. New St. Andrews College. Saving civilization since 1994.